Hey, what's up guys, Travis here. And if you've been following me or my story for any length of time, you know that I started a company called Guestio about a year and a half ago now. And one of the things that we are doing this year in 2022 is we're building a concierge program called the Fast Pass that allows you to get booked on top quality shows and platforms for the purpose of spreading awareness for your brand, grabbing attention, uh, growing your credibility, your authority, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you are listening to this right now and you are a seven figure plus entrepreneur and you have a budget to bring in traffic, attention, credibility, authority to your brand, then this might be a really great program for you. Just head over to travischapel.com slash 10K. Why 10K? Because we guarantee in this program that you're going to be able to speak in front of 10,000 people within 90 days. Okay, 10,000 people within 90 days. Imagine getting on a stage in front of 10,000 people to share your message, your story. That's exactly what we are doing inside of this program through virtual stages like podcasts or virtual events or YouTube channels or blogs. You name it, we are working with it, and we are trying to get you booked on those platforms. So travischapel.com slash 10x. There's a quick application there, and then right at the end of that application, it'll prompt you to set up a phone call where you'll jump on a call with me, and we'll talk through whether or not you're a great fit for this program. Please act fast on this. Do not wait because we are only taking on one or two clients a week due to uh, constraints with our team and the limited supply of high quality shows and platforms that are out there in the market. So if that's you and you're really wanting to explode your brand in 2022, head over to travischapel.com slash 10K, fill out the application, schedule a quick phone call, and you and I will chat really soon about whether or not this would be a great fit for you. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. Hey everyone, this is Bekayla Omer, founder of Me and the Bees Lemonade. And if you want to learn how to produce world-class relationships, you should be listening to the Build Your Network podcast with my good friend, Mr. Travis Chappell. Welcome to the show. I'm Travis Chappell, and I chat with some of the world's top business influencers, thought leaders, and entrepreneurs in order to crack the code of networking. I believe that who you know is more important than what you know, and that your relationships ultimately determine the person that you become. So if you want to learn the new way of connecting, if you want to fill your network with quality people and skyrocket your results, then you're in the right place because this is the Build Your Network Podcast. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Build Your Network Podcast. Today, I have the absolute pleasure of sitting down with Michaela Ulmer. Michaela is a 15-year-old social entrepreneur. Yes, 15, 1-5-year-old social entrepreneur, B ambassador, educator, and student. The young CEO founded her Me and the Bees Lemonade business when she was just four years old and over the past decade has sold over 1 million bottles across 1,500 stores in the U.S., including Whole Foods, Wegmans, The Fresh Market, and Macy's. Her appearance on CNBC TV's Shark Tank at age nine scored a $60,000 investment from Damon John in 2015, and her business received $800,000 as an investment made by a consortium of football players in 2017. She has established herself as a voice of guidance for others, appearing on Good Morning America, The Today Show, 2020, ABC World News Tonight, CBS News, and regularly speaking at entrepreneurial summits, and even introducing former U.S. President Barack Obama at the United State of Women's Summit, after which Barack Obama called her an amazing young lady. She also has spoken on stage at Microsoft We Day alongside CEO Satya Nadella, the Nexus Summit, and the Dell Women's Entrepreneur Network Summit. 
Michaela was selected as one of Time Magazine's 2017 30 Most Influential Teens and for Ebony Magazine's Ebony Power 100. She has over 95,000 followers on her social media as well. Guys, it's going to be such an amazing conversation if that intro, if that bio did not pique your interest and there's something wrong with you. So it's going to be a really fun conversation we'll get into with Michaela here shortly. But first, really quickly, if you're a six or seven figure entrepreneur and you know that starting a podcast would be really beneficial for your business, but you're just not sure how to get it done. You don't have the time or the team or the resource to figure out how to get this thing out into the world, then have me and my team build it for you. Head over to travischapel.com slash make my podcast. There's a quick application there. We'll jump on a phone call to see if we'd be a good fit to build out a show for you. That's travischapel.com slash make my podcast. Michaela, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Hello. I'm glad to be here. All right. Thank well, let's, of course, of course, was happy to have you. So let's go ahead and dive in, Michaela, because your story is absolutely incredible. I want to acknowledge you, first of all, for all of the hard work that you've put into your business and acknowledge your parents for all the hard work that they've put into helping you get to all those places that you've been to. So amazing, amazing story. Let's go ahead and dive in here and talk about what made you start this. You started when you were four years old. That's super young to even be thinking about putting something together to uh, to help people. So talk to me about uh, the decision making there. Sure. So I started when I was four and a half as a lemonade stand. And I wasn't even thinking about business or like making a profit. I just started as a lemonade stand. And so mm-hmm. the reason how I came up with doing a lemonade stand first was I signed up in two things, the Acton Business Fair and also Lemonade Day. And so they're both like now national events that let kids sign up and sell a product for a day without the need of a permit because normally you need a permit to sell those kinds of products and so as a kindergartner a lot of my other kindergartner friends were signing up in these fairs and so I signed up and went as well and so over the summer I was trying to figure out what was I going to create and sell for my business and I started with like planted wildflowers and picked them and then put them in play-doh and tried to sell that to my neighbors, which didn't work out great. But eventually, <laughs> eventually, as I'm, you know, trying to come up with this idea, I get first I get a cookbook from my great granny Helen, and it's like this old tattered cookbook, and it has her favorite recipe of flaxseed lemonade along with a bunch of other flavors mm. or a bunch of other recipes. And so we kind of like put it in the cupboard. We don't really have much to do with it. We tried one or two of the recipes, and like left it at that. And I also got to buy two bees in one week which was terrifying. And my parents encouraged me to do a little bit of research and learn more about them. And so it was through that that I found out that they're really important pollinators. I learned what pollination was. I learned that without the bees, I can't have a lot of my favorite foods. And then I also learned that they are dying. And so I don't really know how this came about, but I was like, what if I use Great Granny Helen's recipe, sweeten it with honey, which I had just learned that honeybees make, and sell that as a lemonade stand for the lemonade day and for the business fair. That's so awesome. That's how it started. So it really got started because you got stung by a couple bees. Yes. Really? Somehow (laughs) that turned to trying to save them, which I would not have expected. Yeah, no kidding. Well, especially <laughs> most little kids, I think, are afraid of bees. So again, awesome on your parents for having you do a little bit of research and having you really look into the fact that you actually do want bees around and mm-hmm. that they're actually very important to our society uh, as a whole. So super, super cool. So you go to the business fair or whatever and set up the booth. And apparently it goes pretty well because you don't just stop there, right? You wanted to keep the business going after that one day. Is that right? 
great. Yeah, so it goes pretty well. Actually, it goes okay. I decided to do it again because there's two fairs. There's Lemonade Day and Business Fair. They're both in the same year and it happens every year. So it went okay. I decided to do it again. And I just, for a couple of years, it was just kind of something that I would do a couple times a year, maybe three or four times a year. And I would meet people, exchange facts at my stand. When I was eight, and since I was getting so many questions about the bees, I actually started teaching little workshops in front of like restaurants that invited me there or sometimes Whole Foods for when the parents were shopping. I'd teach the kids about pollination. And so kids would be able to plant their own bee-friendly flower and then learn about bee facts from my trifle. But it was then probably around then, yeah, when I was doing a stand, an owner of a local pizza shop said, hey, if you can find a way to bottle your product, I would be willing, I'd love to carry it in my store. And so I started thinking about what, like bottle of product or those, that's the kind of stuff that you see on the shelves of the grocery stores and restaurants. How do you bottle a product? And yeah. I asked a ton of questions to my parents. I asked like store managers when we went shopping and then my parents went and then asked people who they knew had like local beverage companies or contacted cold brews and things like that, just to get as much information as we could about how do you bottle a product and what's the process. That's super cool. How old were you then at this point? This was when I was eight. Eight years old. Okay. So this episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates so you can connect with those people even faster. And it doesn't just help you hire faster. In fact, 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And look, guys, one of the things that I wish I would have used Indeed for is this matching service. You can search and search and search and search and search all day long, but to actually be presented with quality candidates, like 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 hiring a, a recruiter for you that's presenting people that has actually done the work to vet them and uh, bring quality people in front of you, that work by itself is, uh, the fact that it's done by a software instead of like a team of high quality recruiters is, is pretty insane. So they leverage over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day, which is why Indeed's matching engine is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at indeed.com slash Travis. Just go to indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Selling lemonade for three years and then somebody comes up to you and says, hey, I love this. It's awesome. I would love to be able to carry this in my store and sell it to my customers, but I need you to bottle it first. So then that's kind of the path that you decided to go down at that point, right? Yes. And I was always always pretty annoyed that my product would sell out 
before the fairs were over, no matter how many lemons <laughs> I squeezed, like how late I saved past my bedtime, we'd sell out. And so I was like thinking, how can I figure out how to save these? How can I, I you can't make the product there at the fair. And I'm like, it's kind of like a short lived thing. I like doing it for this one day, but I can't continue doing it. And so that's why I was just so excited when someone said, bottle it you may be able to save the bees all year round. So that's awesome again. So at what point, I know that you went on Shark Tank in 2015, which means you were probably around 10 years old. So right after you bottled it, then you decided, hey, we should probably like see if we can take this somewhere else and get a little bit of money behind it. So we started in a, yeah, we started in a commercial kitchen that was probably about five minutes away from our house. It was really close, a local Austin commercial kitchen and started in that one pizza shop in East Austin, then a couple more pizza shops. And then for Whole Foods, the first Whole Foods in Austin, or the first Whole Foods ever, because it started in Austin, Mm. they contacted us and said, since you, we found out you were bottling your product, would you be willing to carry it for Buzz Week or a National Honey Bee Week? And so that's not really how products normally get into Whole Foods. Usually it's, you have to go through their buyer, you have to go through reviews, but they actually wanted to just bring it on for a week. And it did really well. Then multiple Whole Foods and restaurants in Austin and then a couple in other cities. So by the time we went on Shark Tank, because you need to have, you know, history of sales. So by the time we went on Shark Tank, you were already in almost 30 stores and they were all very local, small stores. Okay, so you're almost 30 stores. So do you remember when you guys decided that you wanted to go on Shark Tank? Was that you or your parents or a little bit of both? It was initially me and then it became a little bit of both. So it was African-American Chamber of Commerce in Austin. And the head of it named Miss Natalie Cofield contacted us and asked like Shark Tank is holding auditions at our studio. Would you be willing to maybe audition? Initially, my parents said no. The sharks can be pretty brutal. And since I had been just such a big fan of the show, I was like really excited about it. Mm-hmm. And I think it was the last day that they were holding auditions. Miss Natalie called us back, called my parents back, and they said, okay, we'll do like the first round of auditions. And so we were kind of unprepared for it, but we got through that round. They called us back to do another round. And I don't know exactly how long the lead up was until we got to the actual show, but I know it was months of pitch practicing and just making sure that I had it right, presenting in front of friends and neighbors. And then, yeah, we went on the show and landed a deal with Mr. Damon. So tell me about that experience. How was that? for you very nerve-wracking <laughs> I, I always called it like nerve sighting because I was nervous even though I had presented and done little presentations at Whole Foods and things like that so I had some experience and I really enjoyed talking to people but I knew like who these people were yeah and it was nerve-wracking but I was really excited because like I'd just been practicing for a long time and it could be a really big opportunity for my business. So there's a really big lesson right there, Michaela, is I always tell people that the only way to get over a lot of nerves is through over preparation, which it sounds like that's exactly what you did, right? You knew that you were going to be really nervous for it. You knew that it was in front of people that you really, you know, admired and respected and loved and you watched their show all the time. And so you knew it was probably going to be a little bit more nerve wracking than it would be at, you know, that the local chamber or wherever you were making the presentations before. But instead of backing down from the challenge or winging it and hoping things were going really well, you decided to work on your pitch for months and months leading up to this, which eventually, you know, served you well that day. Do you remember how long you were there that day filming for the episode? It wasn't just a day. It was a couple days 
and it was I don't remember the day that we went on I do remember that there were other entrepreneurs who were also pitching their product yeah and so we got to interact with each other before the show cool Um, but after the show they split us up because they didn't want us like discussing they split us up in different hotels because they didn't want us discussing results so gotcha it's a very discreet it's a very like discreet process yeah and also you don't know whether your show an episode is going to air on tv like some shows, some pitches don't actually air. And then if yours does air, they won't notify you until three weeks. So you have three weeks to rush and get inventory and like upgrade your website and things like that. So even after appearing on Shark Tank and getting the deal, we couldn't tell anyone about it. And then it's also like, are we going to get national TV coverage or is it going to be just a closed door deal? Gotcha. Gotcha. So when you went on, you got the deal from Damon, right? Yes. And that was for $60,000? Yes. How excited were you when you were able to close the deal? I was excited. Initially, we asked for 10%, I believe. That was our initial ask. So it was 60,000 for 25. But I was still really excited because, I mean, Damon John was my favorite shark. And also, even after the shark tank, he came, he's flown to Austin. We've flown to New York, met each other there, multiple different conferences. So I kind of knew that he'd be a great mentor and he has been a great mentor along the way. Yeah, that's so cool. So this is, Michaela, this is build your network. We talk a lot about relationships. We talk a lot about networking and connections and uh, and mentorship and how important all of those things are in and what role they play in your success. So can you tell me a little bit about how your relationship with Damon has helped make your business a little bit more successful? I think that when you like have such a power player on the side of your company, like other people kind of turn their heads. So Mm -hmm. when you have a really strong group of partners or even if like they're great investors or just someone that has a lot of respect in their industry, in the field that they're in, you're going to get uh, respect from other people too. So just automatically, right? Yes, not necessarily respect, but they are going to pay attention. They're going to wonder like what made this person invest ask a lot of questions and be curious. So I don't know if this is a term, if it is, I don't know what it's called, but guilty by association, but not guilt. It's kind of like, um, yeah, it's just you, you are who you hang out with, right? Like you're associated with the people that you hang out with, which in this case is a very, very good thing for you, right? Yes. So always choose your partners, always choose whoever you're collaborating with or marketing with very wisely. Okay. So you get a deal on Shark Tank, which is like, you know, the pinnacle really, especially if you're a fan of the show, all you want to do, all you think about is going on the show and presenting your business to the sharks and walking away with the deal. And so you finally got to that point. Was there a large spike in sales after your episode ended up airing? Yes. So episode ended up airing in... I think it was like, I don't even remember. It was season six, but we did, we like overproduced product. We had to upgrade the website because we knew that our current website was built not great. And so it would probably crash. Mm -hmm. So even with the upgraded website, we got a huge spike in website traffic, social media traffic, and our website almost did crash. But what happened was we hired another team to go out and manage anything that was coming in. So we wouldn't have to do it ourselves. We were and also having a watch party with all of the people who had supported me along the way. So we had we got to enjoy the episode and we had a team managing 
whatever orders came in in comments and questions. Awesome. Awesome. So from that point forward, how much easier was it to continue getting into stores like Whole Foods and other stores that we mentioned in the intro to this episode? It was easier, but it wasn't easy. And it's, <laughs> I don't think it's ever going to be easy. Sure. So it wasn't initially easy. Um, even after the show aired, it took people who were, because it's national coverage and our product is it wasn't national yet. And so it took people saying, hey, why is it, I want this product, where is it? They would always come to us and say, I need this product, why aren't you here? And then we're like, no, go to your local store and ask for the product from them. We're also trying to get it there, but we can't unless they know that there's demand. So it took a little bit to kind of redirect that want for the product. Yeah, exactly. The traffic for the stores that could carry it. But once people started requesting it, then it became easier. Then they started reaching out. And then also when we reach out, they say, oh, I've heard of that. Someone came and asked about that the other day. So it did become easier. So now... Over the last decade, you've sold over a million bottles and you're in over 1,500 stores. Is that, cor- is that the correct number now? Yes. Is it 1,500 or 1,800 now? I think it's 1800 now. Okay. So even since this bio was written that I got sent over to me, you've even gotten in 300 additional stores since then. So what are the plans next, Michaela? What's next on the docket for you? So we are still not national. So my goal is to get from the 40 states that we're in now to becoming national. And in order to do that, we really do need to build out our team. So it's still a fully family run, also black run business. But we have like sales, we have marketing and ops and brokers for each region. Um, And there's some regions that do better than others. So I guess right now it's making sure that as we grow, like we have the production capacity to go national, but we need more stores to pick it up and to be excited about it. So I guess just increasing our sales in multiple areas and make, because the thing about sales is that it's all about connections too. Mm. You want to go with the sales team who has connections with those stores and who the buyer already knows and trusts to make good recommendations. So it's really finding those like needle in a haystack sales teams in different areas so that we can go national. You're speaking my language, Michaela. You're speaking my <laughs> language. It's all about those relationships, all about those connections. So uh, talk to me about something besides business now. So you're 15 years old. We're just talking about the fact that, uh, and maybe this might outdate this episode a little bit in the future, but we're talking about the fact that schools are shut down and you may not be able to go back to school in the fall. How has running the business and um, all this other crazy stuff in the world kind of affected your life outside of the business? It's kind of like a a mix of being bored, but knowing there's stuff that you could and should do. Yeah. So we're still in the house, so there's not as many things distracting us, not as many things that we can go do. You have to find what things you really want to focus on. And so for me, that's been... Like for my free time, it's been going rollerblading around Austin. I love rollerblading and try to do it every evening if I can. And then it's also been like trying new recipes. So I have pet chickens and trying new recipes with those eggs is also really fun. And what else? Can't really travel, although that's something that I originally really loved doing, but I love reading. So just going through as many books as I can right now, because I know during school year, there's going to be those assigned readings that's going to take me a lot longer to do. And that are not as fun as the regular no. reading. Yeah. No. <laughs> and I think, I think even if you choose to read an assigned reading, it's going to be better. I think it's just the fact that it's assigned that it's just like, ugh, I got that's to get true. 30 pages of this. Just the fact that you have to do it. 
Yes. Yeah. I can read crime and punishment on my own, but I think once a teacher makes me read it in a Commands specific amount you, of time, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to read that. So. I think that's a little bit of your entrepreneurial spirit coming out of you. The, the, <laughs> you don't want people to tell you what to do, which is the curse of all entrepreneurs, right? Yeah. Well, Michaela, it's been an absolute pleasure to chat with you for a little bit. Is there anything that we as uh, entrepreneur community or the listeners that are listening right now, anything that we can do to continue to support you and, uh, and help you out moving forward? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> the first thing that I would say is to, you know, try my product. I think once you try it, you're going to really love it. But another thing that I would say, and this isn't necessarily benefiting me, but a lot of other like entrepreneurs is to support black businesses because, you know, we get less funding and statistically like less opportunities. So if you go out, if you're an investor going out and finding ways to diversify your portfolio, or if you are an owner of a restaurant, seeing what, what black beverage and food products you can bring in, but really supporting the black entrepreneur community is going to be like, that's going to be my ask. Awesome. Love it, Michaela. Thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show a little bit. Before we get everything wrapped up, I do want to go into the last round here. Okay. So this is just a little bit of fun that we have at the end. It's called the random round. Just a few really quick random questions with some quick random answers. You ready? Yes. All right. What profession other than your own do you think that it would be fun to attempt? Okay. So there's this YouTuber named Michelle Kari and she kind of does these videos where she's like, I was a runway model for a week or I trained in the FBI for a week. And so you get to see what other professions are like. And oh, I don't know. <laughs> I think I think there's too many uh, options. <laughs> I know public speaking is cool. So being like just a public speaker, I think that would be great. Doing like digital marketing or digital marketing consulting, I think that's cool. Or being in a full-time investor, starting a fashion company. So that's kind of entrepreneurship, but more fashion too. Well, the good news is, Michaela, I think that you're going to have plenty of time to do all of those things and I'll probably do them extremely well. So that's awesome. Um, okay, next one. If you could sit on a park bench with somebody, past or present, and talk with them for an hour, who would that person be? It would probably be Madam C.J. Walker. I would love to have a conversation with her. So she was an entrepreneur, a Black female entrepreneur. I believe she was the first one to make a million, to reach a million dollars, which was a lot back then as well. And I would just like to know what made her like decide to become an entrepreneur. I, she did hair products, so for black hair. And so I'd like to know what made her decide to become an entrepreneur and like who along the way told her she couldn't do it or to stop doing it. And how did she overcome that? How do you like to consume content? I think I know the answer because we kind of already talked about it, but books, audiobooks, blogs, podcasts, or videos. I really love books. I found, like, I just learned that there's such thing as a content pyramid or something of how you consume your content. So I like books. I'm trying to do more podcasts and also social media. So, like, social media is more of an obligatory news thing rather than TV news. I do social media and then also, like, online on different websites. But that's how I consume most of my media. Awesome. What is a book that you would recommend that the audience should read? I would recommend that the audience reads the book Scythe. It's by Neil Schusterman. Scythe and then also the little book that still beats the market. Because even though the little book that still beats the market is for probably like very new investors and there may 
be some seasoned investors or stock market investors. I think it's a great way that kind of goes through the basics and changes your mentality. And for me, it was very helpful in explaining how it works. I also recommend that you read my book, Be Fearless, Dream Like a Kid, when it comes out. There we go. I have to add that. (laughs) Yes, you should add that. Okay, cool. Um, Give us a glimpse of your morning routine. So it kind of changes. Um, It changes, but it's wake up, try to make up my bed because I sleep in a loft bed and it's really hard to make up a loft bed. You know, go through the basic, brush your teeth all the hygiene. And then I try to eat breakfast. And while I'm eating breakfast, practice either Spanish or French, whatever, whichever one, like I feel like I need more practice on. Even though I already did this the night before, just figure out my objectives of whatever I have to do that day. And then like relax a little bit. What is your go-to pump up song? Wow by Beck. That was a quick answer. I was, yes. I was locked and loaded, right? <laughs> Wow by Beck is my go-to pump-up song. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, really quick, Michaela, I have to ask you, this is something I meant to ask you in the in the uh, bulk of the interview here, and then we'll, we'll all let you go. Okay, this will be the last one. Okay. What was it like to introduce Barack Obama at the United States of Women's Summit? Introducing former President Barack Obama was amazing. And I think the reason why is before we went on stage, he gave me a fist bump. He's like, you're going to blow it away. We had a little conversation. And so... It was less nerve-wracking because I knew whatever happened, a lot of the people in the audience like already had my back and supported me. And the president has my back. So we're good. So it doesn't matter. Yeah, that's so awesome. <laughs> Absolutely love it. Before we walk away here, Michaela, what is one place online where we can all go to connect with you more? Where do you hang out online? Instagram is my most used platform and it's at Michaela's Bees. So M-I-K-A-I-L-A-S-B-E-E-S. And my website is meandthebees.com. Have you ever heard of the app called Hi Hello? Uh, yes, I have. That's I love using that. I love teaching people about the QR codes and about using it. But probably when I network, that's just such a great tool. And also a genius app because people are excited to teach others about the app. And you can sure. exchange information. And I think digital business cards through like LinkedIn or that app are going to be the future. So Perfect. And when your book comes out, can we find that on the website? Yes. When the book comes out, it's going to be on our website. Eventually, it's going to have its own website. It's going to be on my website, but we haven't actually fully built that out yet. So right now, everything's kind of on the me and the bees one. Perfect. And when can we look for that book to be out? It'll be out August 18th. August 18th, 2020 which is actually right around the time this episode should be out anyway. So if you're listening right now, make sure to go pick up a copy of Michaela's book. I can't wait to pick it up myself and read it. Michaela, thank you so much for coming on the show today. If you guys want to go connect with her more, she's on Instagram at Michaela's Bees. And again, that's M-I-K-A-I-L-A-S-B-E-E-S at Michaela's Bees over on Instagram. Make sure to go follow her, check out some of her stuff. Reach out, tell her thank you for her inspiring story and that you heard about her here on Build Your Network. Michaela, thank you so much for spending some time with me today. I had a fantastic time chatting with you. Thank you. Nice talking with you as well. Well, that's it for today's show. If you want more advanced networking strategies as well as an instant network upgrade, then consider partnering with my BYN Inner Circle 
Mastermind. There are already dozens of high quality entrepreneurs in the group. There's dozens of video lessons on networking. There's monthly calls, there's accountability crews and more all for the low investment of just 99 bucks a month. So head over to byninnercircle.com to jump in. That's byninnercircle.com. Thanks so much for joining us on today's show. We'll see you next time. Remember to leave every relationship better than you found it. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.